0: what's up everyone this is the demo team podcast we got a lot of stuff to talk about today we have an interview with space weather we got to talk about the dance evidence live stream that happened last night and oh marionettes live stream so so
1: uh right now we have tony um why don't you introduce yourself man
2: sure uh yeah so i'm tony and i am the vocalist for space weather and i'm also uh the primary songwriter too i Write the majority of the guitar and the drums and bass for my band as well. And then, uh, yeah. And then I just teach the parts to my other band members, and then we uh, we play music. <laughs> uh, and like, obviously, being part of this podcast, uh, we we get a lot of styles from like bands, like uh, other pro- progressive post-hardcore bands. Um, you know, we are into like the technical but we also like the the melodic stuff as well so
1: yeah i was gonna say you guys have a very um unique sound where where it is very technical but you guys have this like like pop aspect to you but it's not very like uh bubblegum pop it's more it's
0: almost reminds me of like indie rock almost yeah yeah kind of like two-door cinema club or anything like that well, like, what is. would you
1: say um, your influences for the band bands are like? If you could name a couple of bands, like, or even artists outside, you know, like, I, I don't know, like anything that's kind of off the cuff that you guys are are into, Ye- or
0: just any of your favorites, I guess. Or- yeah, yeah,
2: I guess, like, I mean, outside of like the genre that we're in, I definitely do listen to a lot of uh, indie rock. Uh, um i think like for the ep when i was listening to a lot of uh from indian lakes and i feel like that was kind of like uh kind of a semi-big influence as far as uh just like some of the way that their songs flow sometimes like really like was influencing me uh yeah
1: great great band and now that you uh mentioned them i i totally see that like i know they recently started doing like like this remix album, that's pretty awesome. But I actually think I interrupted you, so sorry. Oh, no, on.
2: you're good. No, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, I mean, this stuff's always uh, been really good. Uh, and it's kind of interesting to see where they went along down the line as far as like their styles. And I think like the last album that they did was completely, uh, I think they rec- he recorded it himself, um, uh, Joey Vennucci I don't know though what, uh, if, how much like other members contribute to that, uh, to his stuff? Because I believe that at least it started out initially as kind of like his brainchild um, in a way. But yeah, like bands like that, um, I listened to some other electronic artists and stuff. I was into, I listened to this band a lot called Kimbra, which is just like, she's a, uh, I don't know, she's kind of an electronic uh she's in she, indie artist yeah indie, I mean people yeah. might
1: people might know her from that feature that she did on that I think Gautier song um
2: yeah what was the name of that song as uh, somebody you used to know yeah, yeah
1: yeah that song was so big and yeah. yeah
2: and the person that's crazy because the person who he kind of disappeared uh gotier uh whatever his name is but uh but then she but she still does stuff and uh her stuff's always really weird and i like weird but
1: yeah she's great and she also does a lot of uh features with like edm artists and stuff mm-hmm. uh, yeah so shout didn't to she, up, she to do a Timber. song with
0: um what's her name with uh not Gautier, but he, she did another with uh it was called warrior i don't remember who it was with but
1: I don't remember. I but what comes to mind is um, I know that she did a song with Sub Focus and and Zed. They're both like you know pretty well known EDM artists and and I feel like she's done a couple more. But
2: yeah, she definitely uh, isn't. She's like one of those artists that I guess isn't really afraid to like cross upon different uh, like genre lines. I mean, she she is featured on so many different artists, uh, music. Um, like some, like are a bit like less, like, like more on like an EDM side, like you were saying, and also like very like, uh, like stripped down stuff as well. And some very soulful things, some R and B, uh, she, and one of her songs, she did something with Snoop Dogg too. Um, (laughs) I just like really like, um, Artists that aren't afraid to try like a lot of new things, and I feel like that's why that she was such a big inspiration for the stuff I wrote.
1: Right on, uh, yeah. So take us back to the band. How'd you all meet, and uh, like, I don't know. How'd you guys get started?
2: Um. Well, the way we got started was I really wanted to start a band. I was actually in a metalcore band before. Uh, I did space weather when I was in college, I did a metalcore band and I just did lead guitar, uh, um, but I wanted to sing and they didn't really want to sing. So I eventually quit. And after college, I just, uh, really wanted to start something, but it was really hard to get anybody motivated. I come from Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh music scene is getting better, but there's still like a lot of work that needs to be done with it, I guess. Um, it a lot of the bands that I'm influenced by are never really from the area they're always from usually the opposite side of the country honestly but um I just like i just kind of took the initiative and i uh wrote five songs by myself uh and uh I then just went to uh the studio by myself and recorded everything um I uh contacted uh, Christopher Crummett I believe in March of 2018 and then I went in April 2018 and I just uh recorded the whole EP and then once that was done uh it was a lot easier for me to uh get some of I got some of my friends to be in the band and uh once they saw I was taking it seriously I guess they like were ready to also take it seriously as well um and then, yeah. And then my drummer, I just found, I actually found him on the internet. Uh, <laughs> nice. I just, yeah, I was having a really hard time finding a drummer. I actually made a Craigslist ad. Um, and I, the first instrument I ever played was the drums. I started playing when I was 10. So I guess I was just like really picky on a drummer. I wanted someone that could actually play the stuff the way that I wrote it. And not just like ha- putting your own spin on something is, is, Ultimately, something really nice, but it's like I will. I at least wanted someone that knew what I was doing and wasn't confused by that. So it took me a while. I made a Craigslist ad and I got a lot of weird people, got a real lot of old people. Um, but I eventually just um Facebook messaged this dude and I told him I thought because I thought he was a really good drummer and he ended up fitting with the rest of the band really well. So yeah. So that's kind of how everything came together, though. Right on. How was it working with
1: uh, Chris Tremont? I I always wondered—is he more of like a laid-back producer, kind of let you do your own thing and then add like notes after the fact, or is he very like hands-on, kind of like John Feldman, where he's like right there with you, like kind of like writing with you and guiding the process type of thing.
2: Um. It was definitely more of the first thing. Uh, Chris was super laid back. Uh, he kind of just, he didn't really give much input on like the writing on anything. Like everything was already written. And then he mm-hmm. kind of just uh, like helped me. The thing he helped me most most with was finding uh, good guitar tones. Uh, Cause that was something at the time that I just was, didn't have a lot of experience in um, and helped me finding the best tones for things. Um, and uh Helping me dial in effects. I think like a lot of bands, like a lot of bands, write really good stuff, and they just um, maybe they just like slap on too much reverb or too much delay and stuff like that. And uh, he was really good yeah, at I helping those things kind of like come together. Because um, I had the parts, I just uh, needed someone to help them actually come together in the right way. So yeah, he was really laid back though. Uh, he's a really cool, dude.
1: Yeah, to me, uh, guitar tone is very important. Like, I don't know if you've heard of this band, Pity Sex, but to me, that's almost like the perfect tone. And, like, they released this album called The Feast of Love, and I feel like the guitar tone, like, really made the album. Do you have, um, like, some go-to pedals to try and get uh, the tone that you want? Um.
2: Well, it's like for the Space Weather EP, I guess, like, I was just, uh, like the main thing that we used was a Vox amp and then, uh, the Tube Screamer. I think that was, like, really the base thing. And then, uh, I used a couple Earthquaker pedals, though, as well, once that was set in. So, and, uh, for reverb, I did use, uh, the, the, the it's called The Big Sky by Strymon, and that's really nice, too. Um, and yeah, I, I ended up getting the Earthquaker pedals a lot because I saw that uh, Chon was uh, starting to use them on one of their albums. So I kind of did some research on that and found some nice like compression and like other types of effects for that too.
1: Right on. And if we can take it back even further before the band, um, when, when did you start, uh, I guess, playing guitar and figuring out when you can sing you have a pretty unique voice that kind of stands out within you know the bands in in your genre so I'm kind of curious like when when did you start uh singing and also Um, what what were you listening to back then
2: oh gosh uh (laughs) yeah I don't know I've been singing forever I guess uh my uh my family always want like I, they made me do choir and stuff like that and it's funny because i never wanted to do it but i guess i'm glad that i did but i mean when i was younger i didn't listen to i listened to just a lot of stuff that my parents listened to just really old stuff uh i like oh, i feel that i mean my parents would listen to like the Bee Gees and the Beatles and like uh rolling stones and stuff like that and acdc uh yeah same with my parents yeah so (laughs) um i think like in ninth grade probably is when i started listening to some more alternative music uh my friend just gave me a ton of cds one day on the bus and he gave me a blink 182 cd uh i believe he gave me uh he gave me a foo fighter cd like stuff like that but then i but at somewhere along there, I he gave me something with Seosin on it. And I think listening to Seosin was like what really like started getting me into like, you know, heavier music like, alternative. I guess also before that though, when I was ten, I found um, my sister had Hybrid Theory in a CD player, and I was just listening to it as a ten-year-old, not understanding all the angst that was <laughs> that was in that, but. Um, yeah, so. yeah i think
1: i think that should be like a question that i ask everybody like when did you, you listen to hybrid first, theory uh, yeah when did you first discover hybrid theory that, <laughs> i feel like that that really shapes a lot of people like
0: we would before you, we would end like, up talking you... about we would end up talking about like um lincoln park for like an hour is what would happen probably yeah <laughs>
2: But it, we, like, oh, usually yeah. talk, end
0: up talking about Lincoln Park for, like, 15 minutes, at least, it seems like, every episode.
2: <laughs> I feel like everybody goes through a Lincoln Park kick at some point. I mean, mm-hmm. even... Or, like, they get really into it? I mean, just, like, maybe a year ago or something, that I was driving somewhere with one of my friends, and a song from Hybrid Theory or Meteora came on, and then we just listened to, like, we just binged their album for forever i feel like (laughs) yeah it's almost like uh, like
1: a gateway before you can even get into like the scene music and like post hardcore you have to find a blink 182 record and hybrid theory first
0: before you can get into rap you have to listen to lincoln park i'm just playing yeah that's not how it works (laughs) wait so i have a, a similar question i was wondering uh like who would you say influenced your like scene style like the most you would, or like who are your biggest influences in that regard
2: um definitely seosin uh under oath cheetos Um uh, those were like the three big ones i think whenever i was in ninth grade uh i just remember uh listening to their music pretty like i found like i said i found seosin first and then it just like kind of dove in into this world and i think that's when youtube really started to like those bands started putting out a lot of videos and stuff and i think around the same time my brother was also listening to Taking back sunday and i definitely became a big fan of the of that as well because of the dual vocal style thing going on Oh yeah, um it's, 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 that is
0: really cool yeah, I love it was, it's always that really thing's...
2: big for me yeah and then i believe alexis on fire too i guess because then like when I was, like, 15 or 16, is I went to my first warp Tour, and I remember seeing, like, all of those bands in that warp Tour. And, I mean, like, that just, like, could not be beat for me, you know? So. For sure.
1: Um, do you remember what year that was? Because I went to, I think my first one was maybe 2005, and I started, like, st- steadily going to them, like, since then.
2: Yeah, I want to say it was, like, 2008 or 2009, uh, and I i mean, I went to Warped Tours after that, and none of them really compared uh, as far as, like, seeing, like, like, when you're younger and, like, you want to see all these cool bands, and, like, seeing that many at one show was, like, really mind-boggling to me, I guess. Like, I was like, man, Warped Tours is the coolest thing ever, um, and then the next yeah, the first year... time awesome. Yeah, me. and the next year I went, I think I saw maybe i saw Emerosa and closure in moscow and that was like a big deal too so it, it basically i think with after like listening to say and and like under oath i started to really just listen to a lot of bands in that in that genre yeah
1: so earlier you mentioned that like the i guess the pittsburgh uh local scene wasn't that great um i'm not too familiar with like pittsburgh itself but when i think of like like pennsylvania and a whole like there's some good bands that came out of that out of pennsylvania at least like title fight nothing um there was this band adventure that later turned into code orange
2: oh yeah Um, code orange is a big one um yeah yeah, if you
1: if you ever get the chance to check out adventures like it's the the chick Um, it's a singer and it's more like emo than like it's not heavy at all it's like very melodic very soft uh super interesting oh nice
2: yeah yeah i would definitely i'm into that um and i'm definitely down to listen to that uh i feel bad because like i'm not i definitely don't even want to like i don't want to trash like the city where like basically my band is from (laughs) uh it's just like (laughs) it's uh more so just like in my genre i guess like there's really not a lot of bands like that um and I, as a result i feel like it's kind of hard to like sometimes to make certain things happen as far as shows are concerned not that that's a real concern for anybody right now but um yeah just like there is a very big metal scene in here uh mm-hmm. and uh it's pretty cool and like yeah, like you said like code orange uh is one of our bigger you know um i mean that band like the fact that they are nominated for grammys is a pretty big deal Um,
1: oh you know what have you ever heard of um and i always butcher their name i think it's algernon cadwallader oh yeah Algernon cadwallader
0: no algernon that's like a old school emo yes well
1: they were part of the emo revival um in like 2005 and I think they broke up around 2010. I'm Are a, they from a, Pennsylvania? Yeah, yeah, they're from Philly. So
2: yeah, there's a lot of emo bands uh, from yeah. Philly. Well, Philly... Okay, well, Philly's a different story for sure um, because Philly's has an amazing... Uh, they have an amazing music scene in general. Um, like, a lot of these bands, uh, like, they have a lot of, uh, like, these, like, smaller, like, house shows, too, that, like... It's, like, the community there, uh, it's really good for helping bands grow, I guess. And um, that being said, though, it's, like, Philly, and it's, like, one big difference, I feel like, too, is, like, the difference in, like, uh, city sizes. Like, Pittsburgh's just a really small city in comparison to, like, Cleveland and, like, and Philly and a lot of, like, the surrounding areas. Yeah. Um. So, and on top of it all, I mean every every city's going to be going through this uh right now but we are also like just losing venues too. So
1: yeah, it's pretty crazy, which I I did want to talk to you about that but um I'm going to remind myself to send you a couple of their songs after we're done here cuz they're dope. They're like very math rocky emo. Um I think you'll enjoy them. Nice. Um, but yeah, so obviously with like COVID and, and, you know, losing venues and stuff, it's kind of a crazy time to be in, like, a band, especially a band that mostly makes their money off of uh, touring. Um, when all of this happened, I swear that the first band I saw do, like, a live stream set were you guys, like, you guys uh, did one on Facebook, right? Like yeah. Facebook how early on was that? I, I swear it was like March or April, but it,
2: it was, yeah, it was in March. Um, we, the reason why we did it so soon uh, was because my drummer is part of, uh, he's part of a different band um, that is instrumental. They're called Nafel and their name I believe is derived from a animals as leaders song, but they have a st- style similar to animals as leaders where they kind of do the guitar thumping, uh, technique and they are pretty technical um and they incorporate a lot of synths and stuff they're a pretty cool band um but they were having an album release uh they were releasing an ep um and we were supposed to play a show that uh that weekend that we played the live show we were supposed to do a show for them uh for the release of this thing and since that wasn't happening we kind of knew i believe like three weeks ahead of time and I just came with the idea that we would uh do a live stream instead. Um, cuz it, it felt like like uh I could tell that more bands were starting to do that. Um and I kind of wanted to jump at the opportunity before it kind of became this like oversaturated thing. And I don't ever I don't think it ever really did become that, but I was worried that basically every band was going to start doing that to the point where uh if you were trying to like schedule a day to do that, um that it would conflict with other bigger bands, uh, which, I mean, kind of not so much like this Saturday, but, um, it's like dance, Kevin dance obviously had a very successful live stream and, um, another really good band a Marionette also did their live stream. And, um, you know, uh, it's like, that's always difficult. Cause like you, it, when, if somebody like supports both bands, like trying to figure out which one they want to do, you know,
1: yeah. Luckily I freed up my schedule and watched both because a marionettes was like maybe a half an hour after.
2: Oh, okay. Nice. This.
1: But but I wanted to give you guys like, you know, kudos for being ahead of the curve because um, like I was actually in uh, Japan for work like around February and March. And like, I remember having to, you know, evacuate and and come back home. And it was like maybe a week later, you guys, I was like, wait, Space Weather is uh, doing a live stream? Like, and then I, you know, I just watched and it was really cool uh, getting to hear the the ZP songs live. And yeah, like I said, man, you guys were ahead of it.
2: (laughs) Thanks, man. Yeah, Uh, it was a, yeah, it was like a kind of a spare the moment decision, but we kind of had the gear to do it. Um, we did have technical difficulties when it was happening. I didn't realize that, like, I think we had, like, half of the audio being out, but, um, which is what I was, I think I mentioned it with, like, it's, like, obviously DGD having all this, like, crazy, uh, you know, amount of, uh, like, the resources to put on a very successful stream, but with us doing it live, uh, we did have a mixer and, and we were streaming from my GoPro, and we found out that we could do a stereo, uh, sound into the gopro so we could actually like do everything you know the oh, way that awesome. sound the way it does and there we found out there's a lot of there's a lot of limitations and stuff in the live streaming world but there's also you know there's definitely workarounds um instagram only streams in mono for some reason when you stream live <laughs> which i always thought was super weird but um because if if they streamed stereo then we probably would have done it on instagram as well
1: yeah I remember trying to watch a whole like music festival um called Stay at Home Fest and it was like all these like very DIY underground like punk bands uh you know like on Instagram live basically performing sets like in their basements and stuff. It was kind of rough but at the same time it was it was really cool to watch like you know like a whole scene kind of get together And and do stuff like that. Do you think you guys will do another live stream if Um, things don't get better soon?
2: Yeah, I think we're planning on it, and I think we're gonna make it better (laughs) this time. I think we plan to actually uh, do one possibly similar to the way that Under Earth did things. Not um, as far as like having multiple camera angles um, and uh, just kind of a better mixing situation. Um, Yeah cuz and like you said it's pretty cool regardless of the quality uh to be able to have a band and like that you it's like you might not get to see them on normal circumstances anyways cuz maybe they're just far away and then they get to do something like this and it gets to be like a more and a more interactive experience um but i we, we kind of took what we we learned from there we want to kind of apply the stuff we learned and just make a whole better thing and get more camera angles and uh, cuz we just did it in the living room of my house too and uh hopefully maybe get something a little bit better in the future so yeah, and I also watched... re- new music as well so
1: oh nice yeah we were going to ask about that but before we do um yeah i watched uh one of the underearth live stream events uh it was the uh, the one for they're only chasing safety which was, you know, like, huge for me in, like, my teenage years. Um, One of my favorite albums ever. But, like, the whole multi thing was cool, but I think, like, they got a little too trigger-happy with the cameras because they were, like, switching views, like, every couple of seconds, and I'm like, this is kind of hard to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's, like, I... a, a good way and a bad way to do it when it comes to the the multi-camera thing
2: yeah i agree i uh was surprised i don't know um it is also hard to tell from like during the live streams on which ones are actually pre-recorded or not um because we do know that like a lot of these live streams that happen like neck deep did one whenever they released a new music uh this year i believe it was neck deep um where it looked like they were kind of just doing it in somebody's house, um, and it looked pretty relaxing. But it was also the quality of the recording was professional to the point where um, a lot of people were saying that like it, they felt like it was obvious that it was done, uh, that it was recorded previously, and then the me- and then the audio was just uh, enhanced afterwards, as far as like. Uh, maybe doing like pitch correction on vocals for example but which isn't not a bad thing it's like, definitely not a bad yeah, thing and, i mean and it's me, still a
0: performance right because i mean yeah it's still, still a live performance
2: and like which if anything though that makes me think that the under Oaths one was definitely a live stream because um they have all these angles to work with but somebody was most likely switching between them very quickly which which I I watched the one that they did for Lost in the Sound of Separation and uh, I thought it was really good, but I also did think it was jarring at some points as well.
1: Yeah, I I would also agree with you that um that like the Underoath one was definitely full on live um yeah because they had Aaron Marsh um from Copeland you know jump in and uh, he like he does a guest vocal. Oh yeah. Um, for the for the last song on on uh, their only chasing safety and yeah, like I I don't know if he did like a you know like a rehearsal before that cuz it was kind of kind of rough which was unfortunate, but I think it was like the year before that um or maybe two years that you know they did the their only chase, chasing safety tour and I got to see them like perform it from beginning to end and it was actually in a live environment, you know, back when we still had concerts and.
2: Did he like join them for a tour? oh huh? Did uh did uh what's his name from Copeland? Did he join them for? No, for the no, tour as he well?
1: did. He, he actually didn't. Um, but it was still like very cool to to watch, even though he wasn't there. Mhm. But but yeah, um, I forgot where I was going with it, but yeah, it was definitely live. Um, at least. Yeah. I, I think
2: and and I think that's cool. I think that's like authentic. I I'm actually okay with both scenarios being a thing. Um, definitely, I mean,
3: yeah.
0: People have definitely, you know, done a fake live show for years, so it's not like it's a new thing either. So don't get yeah, mad for, at bands who do a, it.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. The Super Bowl.
0: Also, Man, Super Bowl. Someone should do a a live performance on like a sitcom soundstage with like the four cameras and like the really like bright lighting. That would be pretty. That would be pretty. <laughs> <That'd> <laughs> Yeah, not even like it, on, like on the like... Frasier living room or something. <laughs>
2: no, <I don't> <laughs> yeah, Copeland's a big. Uh, that's a big influence for me too. Actually, now that you mention it. Um.
3: Yeah.
1: Me too, man. What was that album? Beneath the Medicine Tree. That album was huge for me, and the album that was after that. Um, I think it's called Motion or something around around that. I don't know. But yeah, they were. Uh, super influential for sure Mm -hmm. um yeah so how's the like new music coming along is that something that you guys were doing like pre-covid or something you started uh working on now that you might have uh like more free time due to the pandemic
2: yeah uh Once the pandemic started coming in, um, it really did get me a time to sit down and, like, really just start writing tunes a bit more aggressively. And I must have written, like, seven or eight different choruses during the pandemic alone, and I already had stuff before that um, as well. But uh, it did give me time to figure out which songs are good as, like, singles, I guess, and uh, songs that would be good to accompany those together as an album, I feel like a lot of times, like, bands do have, like, um, you know, X different song ideas, and they're like, well, they'll save some for a later release on down, down the line, because it doesn't feel like it flows with everything else, and I feel like that was, like, just something I was kind of figuring out uh, during this time. For sure,
1: and as far as uh, these newer songs go, do you think that it's kind of an expansion of what you did um in in that first ep are you trying a lot of uh, new different things
2: yeah it's definitely a lot um it is definitely expanded in the way where i whenever i wrote those five songs i kind of wanted to just get a general feel of different things instead of trying to do like the same genre like directly genre of five of five songs um I wanted to write like something that felt like, you know, more upbeat or something that was like, uh, you know, I kind of dipped my hands a little bit into like electronic, like, uh, like MIDI drums and stuff that I did on like terminal. But, um, this next music is definitely just more expanded on that in the sense where like the heavier stuff is going to be heavier and they, uh, softer, there's going to be softer stuff than the softer stuff. And like, um and definitely these songs are definitely harder also (laughs) they're really hard to play yeah so um and I always want to be able to just grow on that uh in some regard um and uh yeah so and that's just like why it's like kind of like, whenever you're looking for all these songs and trying to find the ones that, I guess, are the best, like, singles, um, because they're going in so many different directions, so it's, like, you kind of still want to be able to put something out there that will bring new people in, so.
1: For sure. Well, I know I'm definitely looking forward to it. That uh, EP, I, I don't know, man. I was, like, obsessed with it when I first, uh, like, when I first found you guys, uh, thanks to um, that Dance and Dance Facebook group. Swamp oh, yeah. And Terminal, like, being my favorite one, like, oh, man, that was on repeat for a while.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah. yeah. That song, uh, it's like, it's like, actually, it's weird because, um, a lot of people thought it was like a personal experience or something, but it was actually just a story that I made up. And, uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. It's like, a lot of those things are personal experiences, but, uh, I felt like um, back when I was first starting to write music, it was always just about like relationships or girls or something, and I just wanted to be able to like kind of you know not really step into that realm for everything. So um, instead I just I mean, made up a story about two different people. It's
0: definitely a good one because I mean they definitely got me in my feels when I was listening to it for this. So. probably probably my favorite honestly so
2: oh man thank you yeah i uh i don't know i kind of hope to keep that that trend up and as far as like writing about stuff that's not like at least personal experiences but kind of still making them in a way that's like relatable to other people so
0: yeah i feel that i think sometimes like as i mean like i write music sometimes and i like also write like fiction and stuff like on the side a little bit and i feel like sometimes if you get out of like your out of like writing about your personal stuff it's like really frees up your mind and stuff it, like if you stop writing about things personally it really helps you i think just kind of write better sometimes but
2: yeah stepping out of uh, your comfort zone i feel like is a is like a big component of that especially if you have like writer's block too mm-hmm. um because it's like yeah. it's
0: hard to like really like look at yourself like in like a light that's like so that it's hard to like kind of look at yourself like in that light I guess like for an extended period of time it seems like
2: yeah yeah it's uh it's it's weird uh it's um I mean not that I recommend it but it's just like just like it's like a different version of yourself and like you're trying to get used to that I suppose Mm -hmm. um I've talked to people like that who I guess were talking about writing music under the influence, which isn't really something I do, but, um, but they were just like saying like people I've talked to was like, like how they write stuff differently and how they were kind of saying, like, it's like they were basically, it's like they were writing music with a completely different person. And it was like, so it's like trying to get used to that, I guess, but
0: (laughs) I mean, I will say, if you do that, you might, like, look back later on when you're sober and be like, what the fuck did (laughs) I (laughs) think?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh. It's just interesting, like, different, everyone has a different way of, like, getting into, I guess, like, their zone for, like, whatever they're trying to do uh, creatively. So, I'm still Mm -hmm. trying to figure out things about the creative process for myself as well. So, I feel like it's, like, an ever-changing type of thing. Oh yeah,
1: one thing I wanted to mention is I I really uh like the artwork for the EP. Is there a story behind that, or or who did the artwork?
2: Um yeah, my friend yeah, David did it. Yeah, David Johnson. Uh yeah, he's an awesome dude. Um he was actually somebody that uh um he saw that I was in Portland recording this music. Uh, and he just messaged me when I was there and he said, Hey, like, I noticed that you're taking this like really seriously. Cause, uh, I feel like a lot of the times when you meet people like in the music world and sometimes they're like, a lot of people have plans, but, um, whether or not somebody actually goes through with something. And, uh, I guess he just saw that I was actually doing this and I don't know if I talked a big game or what, but <laughs> he hit me up and. <laughs> he said I was, he's like, Hey, I see you're taking this seriously. Uh, I want to make your album, uh, album art. So I just met with him afterwards and I gave him the first masters and I told him I said, you can do whatever you want. Um, and, uh, he just came up with that and that he told me later on that he used like the color scheme, like there's that song that we have magenta echoes. And so he incorporated magenta, um, into the artwork and, um he did dr- he did draw like a lot of flowers that I liked um I was just going through his Instagram and I noted that I liked some of like the different plants that he had drew- drawn so he incorporated that as well and yeah I love how it came out um so there's no really uh story behind it other than uh just kind of giving him a little bit of a flow I'm just like just listen to the music and like see what you draw out of that and so
1: yeah, I think it's really like the perfect imagery for the music. I don't know, it like it just feels like very vibrant, kind of a uh, trippy as well.
2: Yeah, I agree. I it was it's always risky whenever you tell somebody like to do whatever they want and uh especially like in the world of like with like clients and like artists and clients that they have and uh when people design things for them whether it be like album art or like a website or whatever and giving somebody full creative reign sometimes doesn't always work out well but for him i feel like it worked out perfectly um it's like especially when i was listening when i was looked at the artwork for the first time and i was just listening to one of the songs i it felt like it fit really well so yeah Yeah. i think i agree Um, honestly
1: are are you a big uh, Christmas music fan? You know, it's that time of year. <laughs> I like,
2: Christmas music. <laughs>
1: yeah, like, do you have um, some favorites, or it's totally okay if you hate Christmas music? Um, you, you don't even
3: you saw see, like uh, Christmas. Space
2: <laughs> yeah. You yeah. See Space weather covering the song. <laughs> um, I don't hate Christmas music. Uh, that being said, I don't think I've uh, I have listen to it on my own yet this year. <laughs> um, it's okay
0: there's still time left.
2: Yeah. Uh it's like you never need to because if you uh everyone else will do it for you, you know? <laughs> yeah, fair. Um that right, being said, I guess we're really still
1: getting those uh big checks from that Christmas song. Oh yeah. I hear it everywhere.
2: Yeah, it's like if you're going somewhere to buy stuff or whoever, you'll you'll hear it anyways, but I mean I've always, I've I've always thought it was cool though when other bands covered Christmas music. Um, Definitely. Just actually, just some covers in general, I always thought were really cool. So like.
1: It's what got me to like Christmas music is uh, I think I the lo- covers. Yeah, I low key hated it until I heard Jimmy Eat World's uh, cover Lost of Christmas. Last Christmas and Anne Berlin did uh, Please Come Home and so forth. But yeah, those are those are like the. Two that really stand out
0: for me. I, mean, I believe ABR I has music,
2: multiple. So. What's multiple, up? I said I believe ABR has multiple um Christmas albums. August Burns Red. Oh yeah, yeah. They, oh yeah.
0: They, they, did they just drop a new Christmas song this year, or? No, they oh, dropped a cover of did chop, chop suey Yeah, they did a cover. Of chop That's what it was. Were... I was like, but. That's not Christmas. But they also well.
2: did release another Christmas thing for this year, including they Mariah Carey's song. Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> I really like their cover <laughs> of Carol of the Bells. I think that that's probably, like, the best one that they've done. Because that one, all like, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra already had, like, a metal feel to it. So it, like, works out.
2: That was, uh, I believe, one of my first concerts ever. Um, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Yeah. How Which, was... The- I mean... It's cool. It like, I mean, it, great musicians. Yeah, they're they're really good musicians, and I mean, looking back, it's like, uh, like what they were doing at the time for the show. You still don't see a lot of people, like it's just really good light work, and like the stage was moving. Uh, they they had a platform that was rising for Carol of the Bells. The guitarists were while they were playing the, uh, they're getting into it, and this platform is just rising with the lights, and it's definitely. It's definitely a very big visual experience, as far as also being a great auditory experience.
0: That's Christmas for you.
1: (laughs) Hopefully, I get to see them sometime because I've always wanted to, and I've like never done it. But yeah, hopefully after all this uh, COVID stuff gets dealt with, maybe they'll we'll
0: start a Patreon. So yeah, maybe
1: go. next Christmas, you know, the- take your family. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, is there? Oh, uh, yeah. I guess since we're in the topic of like live shows, is there a band that that like you saw that really made you want to pursue music, and and maybe made you think of like your own live performance and like how you want to uh, approach that?
2: Um. I don't know. I guess like I see a lot of bands that I enjoy musically that I don't care a ton for their stage presence sometimes, but I also don't knock them for it because, uh, you know, it's just like you've seen bands playing some incredible stuff and, uh, it's like the energy for me is always still there, even if they aren't, you know, even if they aren't, uh, visually showing it. Whereas other bands like are playing, more stuff that gives you the freedom to really move around and stuff. Uh I think uh in twenty thirteen I saw Let Live for example and I oh, feel like yeah. that's that a pretty live. big deal for me, yeah. because um, uh their vocalist is always he's always had so much energy but he's always still performed extremely well and uh I feel like that was a big deal for me and I that's something that uh I don't typically scream live yet but um it's like that is something though that i hope to like have more energy in live shows and and stuff like that and i feel like that makes a really big difference for people that come to that are coming to go see you
0: oh i agree for sure a great stage presence will definitely
1: I i remember um seeing copeland and may live uh back in the day and both you know both bands are kind of like mellow bands but their stage presence like they act like they're like in like hardcore bands they like they're really uh i guess like really energetic and stuff and i i guess i don't really like like you said i don't knock it either way because um if it's like a more technical band then i you know i'm okay with them kind of standing still and focusing on what they need to do Mm -hmm. i've seen like the chariot live like, they hardly played their instruments because they are like, throwing them up in the air and stuff.
3: And <laughs> it, it was
1: definitely something to behold. Like, one of the coolest shows I ever went to was uh, The Chariot, Under Oath, and uh, Fear Before the March of Flames.
2: Oh, wow. That was probably crazy.
1: Yeah. Oh, and Hope's Fall opened. uh they're, like, an older, uh, post-hardcore band. Yeah. That yeah. Was, that was I did watch show. The
2: Chariot, and I believe... Uh... That was actually at Warp Tour and oddly enough, it was also the guy from uh, Let Live, I believe he came on for a song. And I thought, man, that's really cool. Uh what like they should like do a band together and I guess like kind of did now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty cool to see.
1: Yeah, um yeah, so we're towards the end of the year. Is there anything that Uh, that came out this year like I guess if you would have to pick maybe like your favorite album or song or even if you have like a top three I know like kind of towards the end of the year people start trying to remember like what came out this year and
2: yeah uh, what did I really vibe with it's crazy because I always feel like I'm uh I always feel like I'm five years behind everybody um as far as like what everyone's listening to because i'll I'll always find bands that released like such a great album and i'll be like oh they're broken up or something or or it's like oh this album's like three albums old but uh one album that i really enjoyed a lot was um actually from this band called polaris and uh because i don't really listen to a lot of uh metal music anymore and it's certainly not metalcore um I feel like metalcore is a genre which for a while um, was just a lot of bands were not stepping out of the comfort zone doing stuff. Yeah, and it's Mm oversaturated, I would
0: say, for sure. Yeah. Um, Only starting to turn around now, but still needs to get there.
2: Yeah, Polaris, I really like the album. Whoa. Yeah, I really like the album they put out. I mean, it's uh, got a lot of energy uh, and... um, I don't know, it's like, they're not the only band, too, that I feel like from Australia that put out really good music. Uh, Pliny also did as well, Um, which uh, for instrumental music, uh, I know that for some reason, uh, I know that's like not everyone's cup of tea, I guess, but um, (laughs) my roommate says that uh, instrumental music is for is for people who like music. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh (laughs) Um, That's definitely a good way of putting it. (laughs) But Polini, I mean, I thought he put out um, some really good stuff this year, too, that Impulse Voices. uh, And I'm trying to think of who else. Um, I don't know. Of course, like, a lot of artists, like, were supposed to put out music this year and are just holding out on it because of the lack of touring. So um so it was a lot of bands that I personally was anticipating to put out stuff this year did not. Um like I know Hail the Sun was going to release an album this year that and Idola uh, as well. I'm sure that was gonna blow everyone's mind away. Oh
1: yeah. I think we're all waiting to hear uh, uh to hear that album, especially John Mess's uh, vocal features.
2: Mm-hmm. It. <laughs> yeah it's gonna be I'm sure that one's gonna be uh really crazy uh yeah, I don't know i can't can't really think I guess bill Murray also put out um some new stuff this year that I thought was really good,
1: so good man, like mm-hmm. that i I don't know something about that guy he has like i feel like he has the formula down of like just kind of mixing like e d m poppy sounding stuff with, like, the heavy breakdowns, like, he just does it so well.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I, I think the way, too, that he, um, he typically is outside of, uh, what other bands do as far as, like, when they release music, and, uh, he just releases it every year, um, and that is something that I believe starting next year is, uh, what I plan to incorporate as well, because I feel like to consistently release music like that is a real big deal. Um, with, uh, staying on top of things, staying relevant. And, uh, um, and if, when smaller bands, um, like myself, like when we don't do that, uh, you know, we don't keep up, uh, you know, it's like, that's something that you got to keep on top of or else, uh, like, you could, you know, face the possibility of just, uh, you know, having some of your current audience become a cold audience because they forget about you or, you know, they are just they've moved on to something else, you know.
1: Yeah, like one person that comes to mind is, uh, you know, Ben Rosette, who is a drummer for um, Strawberry, Strawberry Girls. Girls. But he has his... And he does his own stuff his own stuff, and I think this last year, man, he was, like, one of the hardest working people in music. He had a new song almost every Friday, and, like, when he wasn't dropping a song, he was collaborating uh, with somebody. He has his own label, Spirit Vision, and, like, Yeah, um, he keeps
2: himself really busy. Uh, Yeah. It's pretty incredible. (laughs) Yeah, he's,
1: like, he, he, you know, joins another band uh, besides Strawberry Girls and solo stuff that's on his label he, yeah he's working with a bunch of different artists so you know good for him and shout out to that guy
2: yeah i didn't know until after he left uh until not he left i guess they broke up eternity forever um i really missed that band but um i guess like i didn't know until after that that he even played guitar
1: yeah same like uh like I remember hearing Eternity Forever and just being blown away by by that stuff. And obviously, after they broke up, it really sucked. And But it kind of made me go into this Ben Rosette rabbit hole. And I'm like, oh, crap, he plays guitar too. And, you know, he had that ultraviolet album that kind of sounded like, like a fast-paced Eternity Forever almost.
0: Yeah. And, like, he has stuff that, like, we've never, like that i don't think anyone any of us talk about ever like there's like albums that he's had that aren't really like in the scene like in the traditional way and so like he's way more prolific than i think we even realize
2: yeah he i see him doing collaborations with like so many different artists and then also i think he released a couple songs in collaboration that were like metal songs as well yes he did which I, I mean, like really cool.
0: I was listening, when we interviewed him, I was listening to his stuff, and like I got to like I found an album that he did with like some random pop artist or whatever, and it's just yeah, he just got so much stuff. It's like it's very impressive, honestly, like how much stuff he's been able to release and, on top of everything he is.
2: I mean, that's like the kind of drive too that uh, you just see a lot of artists that uh, I don't know. I feel like that's like people who are really just trying to make it so that they uh to make this their their uh their life you know um uh whether or not i don't know how much monetary value he is uh getting from this stuff but um i don't know it's just really cool to see somebody to be able to put so much time into their art uh, um because uh, another person I who's also been really busy this year that I really admire is uh, that Eric and Prada from Night Versus. Because um, even though Night Versus didn't release any music this year, he's been keeping himself pretty busy with uh, different projects that he's working on in general with so many different people.
1: I didn't even know that. I might have to uh, look some of that stuff up.
2: Yeah, he... Um, Well, I think a big part of that is probably also that I don't know how much stuff is actually being released, was released this year, but I know that uh, he is consistently been just showing snippets of stuff that he's working on in the studio with other people and um, also just like working on his own, uh, like, not just music endeavors, but uh, also his, uh, he has like a a drawing thing that he's doing as well, like he makes a lot of designs and he's been designing his own drum heads and uh selling work that way as well and he said he's been able to like live completely off of like his music and this and i i just feel like that's just like a very big accomplishment and in especially in a world like this where artists are definitely suffering (laughs) yeah
1: um i have i know that yeah I, i feel like i have one more question for you i was just curious do you have um Any hobbies outside of music, or do you like binge watching anything? Are you into like video games at all? Like, what Um, else have you been doing besides music during this time?
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess for fun, uh, the only thing I really do is, uh, I play Smash Bros. a lot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, and uh, I actually kind of wanted to get into like, the possibility of maybe getting into tournaments, uh, but maybe uh, streaming in the future. Um, but that's kind of left to be seen. Uh, I feel like I have to clear up a lot of other artistic things first before I can get into something like that. So it's very easy to like get off to a different path because you're like, oh, I really like this. Let me try doing this, and then yeah, finish the first thing you started. Yeah, it must be
1: kind of tough to try and balance both, but if you ever um I oh, don't know, uh do want to like look into that, you should hit up uh, Properties of Nature. They're a band within that swan core scene, fairly new and they they're starting to do a lot of uh streaming stuff.
2: Yeah, I'm um I believe I'm friends with their singer. He's a pretty cool dude. Uh I've talked to him before and uh he you know he told me like his band and i checked out his stuff and like and uh then they released music not long like they released music this year and they're doing pretty well for themselves
1: yeah very cool guys we've had them on on the podcast a couple times and they actually started their own which is like i'm a uh, avid listener like they're really funny guys cool guys too um do you have a uh, go-to uh, a character that you use on a Smash Bros? In Smash,
2: uh, I play as Yoshi a lot, and uh, I play as Joker a lot. Um, and then I'll play as Bowser, but I feel like Bowser's like not as good, like competitively, because he's just too slow. But when um, I'm playing with my friends, I'll play as Bowser. <laughs> <laughs> dude i'm Uh, horrible at smash bros yeah yeah it's just like i don't a lot of my friends have like like you know the new consoles and stuff and i actually like i guess when i was growing up like we just never had those so i just never got into like first person shooter games and stuff like that and Every time I play them with a friend, I'm so bad. <laughs>
0: Honestly, same, man. I'm still playing Xbox
2: 360, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my friends will play, like, Halo, and uh, the only one I know is the third one, and I don't own an Xbox anything, but I'm just so terrible at those games, but they're still fun mm-hmm. to play, but... Um, yeah, I mean, outside of that, like, um, I just... uh and it's just, like... A,
0: Honestly, it's, like, embarrassing to, like, start doing it, too, because everyone will be way better than you.
2: Know, right, yeah, it's, like, why yeah. st- It's like why start now? Because it's, like, mm-hmm. it's just going to get uh, destroyed. Yeah, I mean, outside of that, I just kind of uh, – I'm a software developer, and then I just kind of work on that stuff. And um, my friends and I do have talks about sometimes, like, working on independent projects. But the bottom line of all those things is, like, they're just always so time-consuming. Um And uh, trying to balance, like, work life and, like, artistic life is, like, probably one of the biggest, like, challenges that I will always consistently have. For sure,
1: man. Yeah. Especially, yeah, I guess, like, when you're doing, like, software development, like, that stuff seems like it's very uh, time-consuming, especially if you're trying to do, like, a project outside of, like, you know, like, your regular work.
2: Yeah, exactly um because everyone loves like passion like once i do like a passion project or something and it's actually interesting because i guess like quarantine did bring out a lot of that as far as developers like started making a lot of their own libraries because they had nowhere to go um and uh you know a lot of like resources for people that um might not have been there if uh, people weren't stuck inside so it's very interesting yeah i believe it's interesting just what people a lot of people have accomplished during this time uh because i know and i mean at the end of the day it's been hard for everybody uh without a doubt um but i do give props to the people that were able to take this time and like do something with it that uh they felt that you know they might not not have had the time to do otherwise yeah
1: like thinking about it i just remembered that um when the pandemic first started, I was like, man, maybe I should actually start uh, learning Python, um, which is, you know, like a code based language mm-hmm. for people mm-hmm. that just don't know. Um, I wanted to do that with my free time, but never got around to it. But I have like all these like endless resources. I'm a network engineer for a kind of a big uh, tech company that I don't want to name because... Of some of the stuff
0: <laughs> I on here, sure. Um, but, but yeah, you don't want uh, that ad revenue. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess there's still time for me to like buckle down and and try to mess around with
0: Python. Sure, yeah. I mean three letter you're... acronym company. Whoa, <laughs> when...
2: whoa, whoa! <laughs> 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 you're really close there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you uh work from home and like doing something like that on your computer, uh. It's like, there's always that time to do that. Um, I know like a lot of people were using this time too, to like learn like video editing and stuff like that. And I mean, also in this realm, like a lot of people that started podcasting as well. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's us. Yeah, that's <laughs> us. Which I think is just like really cool. It's like, I don't know, got to make the most of like the time that we have. And I I put a lot of time too, besides writing, I just learned a lot with about production as well Um, because that's always been something that I would like to do outside of uh, outside of uh, writing my own music and performing is to start recording other people as well
1: for sure man um hey Cash before we let uh Tony go do you have any more questions
0: I have one more question I was wondering uh how you got the name Space weather
2: (laughs) (laughs) uh I just asked a friend I like actually I think I put a poll up on um Facebook uh this was like back in 2017 uh and uh I just I I was just had all this music written um and I didn't know what to do I was still writing some of the EP at the time but I just was like guys I want to start a band and I don't know what I should name it and then uh everybody gave me all these weird names someone said i should name my band taco bell um that obviously wouldn't work out um and some other names that's that are where not. moses
0: works <laughs>
2: yeah yeah thanks ah uh, okay yeah, I never, that is a big company dude, yeah versus. all my
1: coding goes to making chalupas <laughs> That is
2: why they are so delicious. Um, but <laughs> yeah, one of my friends from college, she just uh, she lives in Colorado, and she just uh, she called me and she's like, she's like, I think she named the band Space Weather, and uh, I was like, I'll do it. And, like, so it was almost like I felt like I was just like on an impulse thing because I'm so bad at naming bands. It's like naming a kid. Like once you do it, you're kind of stuck with it forever. <laughs> yeah, and.
1: Like, it's such a good name, and I don't know, you feel like all the good names have already been taken, then, I don't know, something like Space Weather pops up, where, you know, it's not, like, it's not really a weird name or anything off the cuff, and it kind of has a nice ring to it.
2: I think it's, it's because of, uh, yeah, just because it's like, well, it's like when it's just funny, because people will ask me about it, but uh and like whenever you actually do look up what's the weather and space is like it's like it's pretty insane i guess uh but also it's like extremely unpredictable and i was like okay well that kind of describes what i'm going for as music like i don't want to like ever fall on this like you know it's like i have a genre but i want to be able to do like so many things and like not just like come out with the same stuff all the time so i felt like it fit
1: for sure man well honestly thank you for coming on i'm a huge fan of the ep can't wait to hear more music from you guys um why don't you tell people where they can reach you uh,
2: uh, the band
1: and stuff what's your socials
2: sure uh so the majority of our socials like instagram and uh facebook is just uh space weather music um and uh we do have a website, too. Uh, we'll be revamping it, too. But we have a website, um, Facebook, Instagram, Space Weather Music. Twitter is just Space Weather PA. Um, finding a Twitter name's is hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, and just uh, be on the lookout, I guess, for new music next year. Uh, I'm going to be going to record new music in February. So.
1: Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, well, thanks again for coming on, man.
2: Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. No of course, take this care. is great. If you want to come back, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm definitely down. I'll bring other people with me next time too. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we will too. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me All right. on. All, All right. right, take care, man. Later. Thanks. See ya.
0: Hey, good interview.
1: Yes, that was awesome. Yes.
0: Hey, Shout Moses. to
1: Tony. What's up?
0: You want to buy this new chicken?
1: am a McChicken.
0: I'm eating a McChicken right now. Do you want any?
1: Uh, no, I'm good, fam.
0: All right.
3: Just I
1: actually had offer. Panda Express for, like, the first time in, I don't know, maybe 10 years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're just eating sad food today.
1: I just needed to get something in a hurry before we uh, uh, did this podcast. And I'm like, uh, is, it, is it Panda Express across the street? And, you know, it wasn't... <laughs> It wasn't
0: that bad. Yeah, not terrible.
1: No. it just like it. It takes me back to being like, I don't know, in high school and like, no, uh, I mean maybe like a like maybe yeah, like kind of in my teen years and uh, I think I've mentioned before I used to be like I used to go to like church and shit because I don't know I was church like, and shit. <laughs> Yeah, I was raised in that shit, and, like, me and the homies, we would, like, <laughs> we would go to Panda Express after, after like, church on Sundays and just, you know.
0: <laughs> but they'd have donuts Sunday for you?
1: Oh, we had donuts, but that was, like, you know, we'd have donuts in the morning, and then we'd go to fucking Panda Express and, like, listen to, like, Underoath on the way, you know, and do, like, Christian hood rat shit. <laughs>
0: yeah now look at you yeah
1: <laughs> to- oh man tony was a cool guy great interview mm-hmm. um we got a couple things to talk about today oh yeah the big thing being the the dance game and dance uh, live stream event
0: wait not three days grace
1: oh shit i mean we could do should we talk about three days grace first <laughs> um <laughs> no, we'll-, we'll save the good stuff for i don't later. know all right, so if you wanna if you wanna know what Three Days Grace is up to, you're gonna have to listen to us talk about a much smaller band named Dance Gavin Dance first. I don't
0: know. How do, yeah, oh, how I actually you, wonder like how they compare. Now that I think about it, I'm gonna look at their listeners. Yeah, oh,
1: I, I don't know, man. You know what? I always see uh Three Days Grace's uh, name thrown out in like huh, only real emo kids, like. <laughs> remember these songs and it, it's always like the cringiest like not emo songs like it's like, Grace, like Benjamin Evanescence I'm like dude no these are like normie like it's like normie emo like songs or whatever. yeah
0: well that's the entry way also <laughs> I'm looking at Spotify right now who do you think has more monthly listeners I'm gonna so go and reveal again. it bro really
1: I would think that Three Days Grace listeners
3: listen listen to I don't even
0: know if uh, I should reveal this. I think I should just let other people look this up. (laughs) I don't want (laughs) to. I mean. I will say that Three Days Grace has six times as many monthly listeners as Dance Gavin Dance.
1: Dang. Shout out to those guys, I guess, man. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, middle schoolers still listening to music on Spotify, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know who listens to Three Days Grace. Middle schoolers, people that. Never mind. I don't want to offend anybody. Let's go back to. To the live stream. I'll throw
0: in I hate everything about you every now and then. <laughs> I really hate someone.
1: Dude, I yeah I haven't listened to that song since maybe like the year it came out.
0: And then I guess as we were talking about before, they did drop a cover of somebody that I used to know that I heard on the radio the other day which yeah, how, now I don't how, have to how, worry about that because I got a new car that has Aux, so...
1: Nice. Which, it's interesting that we were talking about Gautier a little bit mm-hmm. in the interview and...
0: and, and Grace, yeah, Which, to, I still want to figure out who she did that song with. Yeah, I don't know, but since we're on the topic of Three Days
1: Grace, no, um, I noticed that... <laughs> okay. I was watching another podcast, and uh, this producer, Big Head, I don't know, people that are into rap might know who he is. He produced Lil Pump's uh, Gucci Gang and a lot of Lil Peep songs, and he's, like, pretty big, a pretty big producer. He's actually teaming up with uh, Three Days Grace, and they're going to do, like, a rock hip-hop collaboration album, so I think they're going to be like the main, you know, writers and producers and they're going to have a bunch of different rappers jump on the songs. Like the only person that's been confirmed now is Young Thug. And it's <laughs> it, like, I don't know, it made that's me awesome. think, like, Yeah, it made me think why isn't there more like rap and like scene like post-hardcore? pop-punk crossover um you know i, I know think that... i
0: have an answer for you
1: right, it's because
0: right. three days grace has six times as many list monthly listeners as dance got and dance
1: May- like maybe but <laughs> it's like that like where the bridge of rock and rap lies it lies in new metal like and that goes back to like the early 2000s like be- like prior to that you had um you know, Walk This Way, the the Run DMC, and
0: yeah, Aerosmith.
1: Aerosmith, and Run DMC had like they had a lot of like rock sounding songs, and same thing with uh Beastie Boys.
0: Beastie Boys, which I think Run DMC came out before Beastie Boy, the first Beastie Boys album came out.
1: Yeah, and and then after that, like I feel like there wasn't a lot, at least that I know of, uh, up until um, well.
0: Family Public Enemy did that song with Anthrax.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. Um Bring the Noise. Totally forgot about that. Um, but yeah, I think like the biggest merger was once New Metal came in. They did like the Family Values tour where it was like like, you know, corn, Limp Limp Biscuit, like those bands were already like like even though they were like New Metal, I feel like New Metal has a lot of like hip-hop-like swag, uh, for a lack of better words. Um, Yeah, so, like, you know, you saw a lot of, like, Exhibit and Ice Cube and, like, different artists kind of collaborating with with those bands. And then, obviously, Linkin Park was heavily rap-influenced, and then they did the the mashup with Jay-Z. And there's been, I feel like there's been, like, little things here and there within the scene, but nothing substantial. Um. So, yeah, I feel like, you know, when are we getting that Dance Gavin Dance uh, Trippy Red collab
3: to, yeah.
1: th- to happen? Like, right now, it's basically Travis Barker is kind of, like, holding the crown for that. And, and Three Days Grace is, you know, going to be the next ones. Is there a band and a hip-hop artist that you would like to see collaborate, Cash? <laughs>
0: um, well, I mean, anytime Kanye does anything out of the box, usually blows it out of the park, but I don't know. I have to think about it.
1: So who would you want? to see him collaborate with maybe like Silverstein.
0: I don't know if I'd want it, him to collaborate. I think i just want, want him to see him do it himself, I guess is more what it would just be. Just do his
1: own like rock.
0: Yeah, I like, just, I would want to see what he could do on his own. You know, but, oh, you
1: know, you know one that I have to mention is, uh, there was that hardcore band, Trash Talk, and they're like a LA-based, or are they from Sacramento? They might be from Sacramento. Um, they're like a, a like straight up hardcore band but they were on like the odd feature uh label and they did a lot of collaborations with with tyler the creator and and the odd feature
0: yeah odd feature would be a good choice honestly yeah um i mean
1: but i mean like i feel like that's gone and passed like tyler Mm -hmm. the creator isn't really making music like that i i think the answer lies within like the more melodic uh rappers like your trippy red or Lil uzi vert like i would love to oh
0: yeah uh, that would be good lil i would love uzi to see
1: like little uzi vert and like movements get together and, and do like a exo tour life part two type of thing you know dude that'd be <laughs>
0: too sad i mean, think right? i mean, like, <laughs> you need like the rock side of it to be like more upbeat
1: you need it to be upbeat like yeah be like, well chan chan and lil yachty
0: yeah, that
1: would, that would work. Honestly, that would be that would sick. <laughs> oh, man. Um. Yeah, so, I, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. And I'm, you know, like, I'm not a huge Three Days Grace fan. And, you know, l- like I said, I've never listened to anything besides I Hate Everything About You and I, the song that came out after that. But, I, like, yeah, that kind of Radio alternative rock was never my thing. But I'll definitely be checking out this uh, Big Head, Three Days Grace collaboration.
0: Should be interesting. Oh, yeah, I figured out who Kimber did the song with. She did a song with Mark Foster, Foster the People on A-Track. That's what I'll try Oh, she A-Track.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A-Track, shout out to him. He's a Bay Area producer. For, for...
0: Did the... Uh... Remix to, like, Steve Aoki... Oh, no, never mind. He no, he, he did a remix to something, which is, like, infamous now. Or maybe he I mean, did it like with...
1: He did a big uh, Steve Aoki remix, right?
0: Oh, he did the Heads Will Roll remix. That's what it oh,
1: was. Oh, dude, that was dope. Yeah. That was a sick remix.
0: That's, like, probably one of the greatest of all time. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I think, honestly, oh. back on the rap question, I think, like, maybe, like, like a earlier 2000 artist with, like, I don't know, with maybe, like, not necessarily a butt rock artist, but, like, an alternative artist. I think that could work out, maybe. Because yeah. I feel like it's... Well, I mean, I guess it works in new metal, I guess, but it's, like, I feel like they're... They have, like, the right attitude, I think. You know what I mean, yeah, yeah, for like rock,
1: yeah, I feel like the reason it didn't really happen, um, I guess in the prime time of of like the scene days, besides like from first to last, like they had their hidden track called a uh, dead Baby Kickball, and mm-hmm. they had like somebody rapping on it, but they weren't like it wasn't like a big rapper, but I felt I feel like rap and like. The scene where polar opposites. Um, Yeah,
0: I think it's just too many white people in the scene. (laughs) Well, no, I think I I would say like
1: I would say hip hop was maybe at its lowest point in my opinion. Like there was just a lot of like ringtone rap where people like didn't really care about the quality. It was more just like like I don't know those like old soldier boy songs are like. Really hard to listen to. Besides, you know, like all the, their
0: classics.
1: I mean, besides like the big singles, which you know, I set my friends on fire. Did the the crank that cover, which was pretty cool.
0: I mean, I think it's kind of like I'm trying to think of how to word this. Like, like it, the scene at the time, I think like when i was talking about it was like far like a lot of people in it were like far more it was far less diverse than it is now i think at least the people in the bands, not necessarily the fans but and so they probably didn't have the same exposure to rap music as other people i mean like that's like the other thing i think about about new metal was like it there were there wasn't all just white people in the bands at the time there were it was very diverse and so i i think it and i think it kind of makes a difference because i mean you usually get raised on what your parents listen to so that's like your starting point so if you're not exposed to rap at like an earlier age then you might not be as you might like rap but you might not feel as comfortable implementing it in your music
1: yeah that's true like i I have a six-year-old and um the other day or yeah, last night while we were watching the live stream he said that he wanted to be in Dance Gam and Dance when he grows up. And I thought that was kind of <laughs> that's kind of because like you know, on any given day we're we're either listening to Dance Gam and Dance or I don't know, we maybe like Blink one eighty two, maybe some like dubstep or yeah, like, it's really weird, or, or I, like, I listen to a lot of rap around him, too, so it'll be interesting to see, like, I don't know, if he does make music when he's older, like, what the fuck is he gonna make? Is it gonna be, like, a mixture of, like, the shit that I, like, raise him on? Who knows?
0: Probably not. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but it's a little different now, though, because like, I think everyone has way more access to music than
2: that, they did before,
0: cool. so... Everyone's all over the place with genres now. For sure. um
1: Yeah. So let's talk about the live stream, though. Like, how'd you feel about it? <laughs>
0: um, I thought it. Well, I thought they kind of like were a little rough at first. And then it got really good at the end when they started playing like all the Tillion era stuff. I think I kind of realized like they're all three of the singers' voices are very, very different. And I thought you didn't ask so well, but the other ones I thought probably could have been better. but I also think they tightened up really well to end out the set. like the second half I thought was like great. all the all like the Tillion stuff was awesome
1: right on. I see my I have like kind of a little different perspective because I felt like they were on point right from the get-go. at least like I don't know that's the way that. That I said like especially those those uh first couple of songs like we already knew that uneasy hearts was gonna sound great like it sounded better this time around than it did in the first live stream but that's you know because of maybe like you know they it was previously recorded and they messed with like the mixing and whatnot but like even backwards pumpkin song like I don't know it just sounded
0: which that was just cool hearing, because
1: like, yeah, Tillian when... did that so well, and like you know, it's not I, that I, he I think... didn't
0: do it well. I think it's just that his voice wasn't the same as Johnny's. Like he sure. didn't couldn't fill it out the same way. But
1: like for like obviously it's not um the same as Johnny's, and Johnny has like a lot of really umph and like power to it. But I don't know, man. I feel like this time around, Tillion... Like did not leave a lot to complain about. Like he like hit those songs so well. Even Blue Dream, like he oh my god, like gave me chills. Same thing with NASA.
0: Like I felt NASA I was feel, really good. NASA was very good.
1: I felt they did so great and I, I, I feel like I've seen them perform backwards pumpkin with Tillian before, but this time around, like, I don't know, man. It just sounded really well. Um I do have to bring up like John like when the first live stream like he had like no energy he just kind of stood there and like screamed and then this time around I don't know if he like
0: like,
1: comments and stuff but he did like the exact polar opposite where I don't know he he was like really wacky out there uh, I thought it was it was definitely interesting. Um, oh, and then going to Blue Dream, dude. Like he he went really high pitched, like you know, in that end, like that ending part where he's just kind of like mumbling while uh while Johnny, but this time around Tillion's just kind of doing like vocal runs at the end.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought the second half of Blue Dream was good. I just his voice like we said before i i like i still kind of stand by it. i do think his voice was like quite right for the song but at the same time i do want to like let this like simmer some, but i kind of want to listen to it again because i've only listened to it once so far and so yeah i want watched... to see what else i think of it like on I'm on like further listens but this is kind of like my first for, like reaction to everything so here, here i'm gonna yeah,
1: i watched it twice um Wait, you were cutting out. What's up?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I I'm muted because there's a horse-drawn carriage that walked past me. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> <sick>. <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Chrysler.
3: Um,
1: What else was I going to say? Dude, I, I thought Andrew sounded phenomenal. Like, I felt like they... Underutilized his like vocal ability because obviously he he sang in uneasy hearts. Um, he did his parts
0: evaporate. evaporate, nothing and, shameful,
1: nothing shameful.
0: Did he do he something else ba- though?
1: Yeah, yeah, he did the backing vocals in um, stroke god. Oh, yeah, and, and young, young robot. And I think that might have been it. Um, but yeah, I. I'm like, dude, give him, like, I would have loved to hear him tackle a verse in in Blue Dream. I think that would have been great.
0: Oh, yeah. I agree.
1: But, so, for me, I would say the highlights for me were definitely uh, NASA, Blue Dream, and Awkward. I thought, like, Awkward, it was just really cool to, to hear them perform that, even though Will might have been kind of uh, fumbling like during the that like intro main guitar riff, but that that's like a really hard riff to play. Um, yeah. What were the highlights for you?
0: Um, I'm trying to look at the cellus right now, but I mean, I thought NASA was very good. Um, they did. Jeez uh Jesus, H-, H Macy was good. Man, they don't have the set list released there.
1: Yeah, G- Jesus H Macy was great. Um oh I I did like how they did it all in chronological order.
0: Yeah, I did too. Oh, I mean, um What was Obviously, it? Strawberry- what was, summertime Glad sad our gladness was awesome. Was it Man of the Year? Was that the one they played for Mothership?
1: Yeah, they did Men of the Year and that was uh, cool. Fire of the Liars, which and so it's like, oh man they sounded really great on both of those especially inspired liars for me also
0: like, i've been jamming artificial selection a lot since that since last night because i'm I'm back on it now because they played you know because of what they played what, from it
1: so to me like i i think um like i wasn't too mad at the set list like obviously it's kind of like more of a normie set list instead of um, people really getting together to try and get more of their back catalog on, which I was hoping I mean, would happen. But that makes
0: sense, though, because you know it was voted. <laughs> we'll have to yeah, see what they do well, for the third one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just, I if guess, I had it. more faith in the fans. Like, I felt, I feel like real fans would have wanted to hear more of the back catalog, like songs that you wouldn't expect to hear at a live show, like the songs you wish they would have played but like i said i'm not mad at it at all because they did a phenomenal job and just to hear them play nasa and blue dream like was enough to make me happy um like to be honest the songs that i would have liked to change were the artificial selection and um afterburner songs um i don't know what what like you said you were listening to Artificial selection recently. What songs would you have picked from from that album?
0: Oh, I mean, like I would have picked like my favorites would have been like Bloodsucker and I mean, I guess maybe Bloodsucker and Story of My Bros. Um, also I guess they play Strawberry Swisher Part Three, which I think kind of showed something to me because I I've seen them play the song live before and. The thing about this album, I guess, is that or the thing about their music is, I think there's a lot of backing tracks that you don't they don't play live with it, which is okay because you have a crowd around you and they kind of fill in all the rest of the noise. But you ca- it kind of feels a little sounds a little bit empty sometimes when they play their music live with without fans, I guess. Which I mean, that's fine because I mean that's that's you what how it works, I guess. Like there's you can't just have every instrument you recorded on in a live performance.
1: Yeah, for sure. And like, but also you don't, don't have the stuff crowd noise. Stuff, yeah. Because um, Strawberry Swisher Three has always been an interesting one when they do live, because obviously like John has a like John sounds great every you know every time they do it, but he like has a hard time doing his parts because it's like a lot of words and like he doesn't really uh give his like, give himself any room to breathe during the, you know, got a box of lies, gonna get you high part. So it's always interesting to see how he uh, spaces the words out, or, or what he leaves out in order to be able to to do that line, because he can't really do it word for word. It's, like, nearly impossible to do. But I think when it comes to artificial selection, I don't know. I would have loved to hear Flash and Suspended in this disaster.
0: Suspended um, disaster would be good for sure.
1: I like when it comes to that album. I do like the poppier songs more, and like I I feel like those two songs have like the biggest choruses, which I like. I don't know. They just do that very well, and they did it very well in that album. And I think Afterburner. Man, I would have loved to hear Parallels and Three Wishes. Parallels is such a like. Funky song and Three Wishes. I don't know, like three. I I feel like Three Wishes is like one of the best songs they've ever written that could have Three
0: Wishes is very good. That could reach people
1: beyond the the post-hardcore genre, you know.
0: Honestly, having footage of him doing Caliente Global would have been like uh,
1: awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been interesting for sure. Oh. Did you, did you, uh, watch the interview where he said that the, like, you know, they talked about the dude that, like, hacked the, the,
0: like, voting thing? <laughs> no, I haven't, looked. I haven't watched the interview yet. I, I need to do that, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, they had, like, a, a pre-show.
0: Yeah, I saw that, I just, oh. like, was busy at the time, so I didn't watch it. But, I mean, it's still on YouTube, so I'll definitely yeah. check it out.
1: So, so guess what were the two songs that, that, like the hacker wanted to get on like above everything
0: Pussy Vultures and Death of the Robot
1: close it was Pussy <laughs> Vultures and Demo Team Demo Team <laughs> was the lowest
0: it was David
1: Yeah, <laughs> it really was David <laughs> but no de- Demo Team was like the lowest Uh, like had like the least amount of votes it was like wait rest. really Yeah, and within a couple of minutes, it went to, like, the number one song, and that's how they realized that that the thing was, like, hacked.
0: Do you think that they rigged it at all? Because I kind of feel like Pussy Vultures probably should have gotten it, but... Plus some other songs, too. I don't
1: know. I don't know. I don't know. Um...
0: Which, I mean, it's fair. They, They can play whatever they want, but
1: like i i don't know maybe maybe cuz what like i'm surprised that strawberry swisher two or don't tell dave didn't win
0: yeah for happiness oh, NASA, yeah that's, NASA's that's, like nasa is so random i mean it's a good song but like nasa is a great song but powers of the people do you, do you really
1: think that the majority of the people that listen to dance gavin dance wanted to hear nasa over Don't Tell Dave, or Strawberry Swishers too?
0: Maybe. Honestly, maybe those older albums, like, they'd been around so long that everyone has, like, different favorites, so, like, they just kind of all evened out, like, it was a really close race to select the songs.
1: Maybe, like, the majority didn't vote, like, didn't care to vote for the older stuff, or, like, they just picked Oh, that's true, too. Like, maybe they just picked the name that stood out the most. Oh, NASA. Hmm. (laughs) I don't know. Um
0: but then again they did do uneasy hearts blue dream
3: so.
0: Yeah
1: I yeah and Tillian wasn't stoked about blue dream My problem with uneasy hearts is we got it we got that on the first live stream so you should have gone like, something different
0: they played they played it plenty of times before so That too
1: yeah I don't know but all like all in all I feel like the live stream was really great. Um they sounded amazing. They're constantly setting the bar when it comes to doing this type of stuff and I don't know who knows if we'll if we'll get something uh, like something else before uh covid is over with or you know whatever.
0: Um so yeah. what did you think about the visuals?
1: I mean the vi- I thought the visuals were great. I kind of liked how they were in a in a circle and like I don't know the different camera angles were great and and they did you know like highlight each member um I mean now and then maybe not Tim and Matt as much as you know people would like would like to but I don't know I thought it was interesting and you know they were dressed pretty snazzy
0: yeah, I agree. Get a leaf right. suit.
1: That was the um, yeah.
0: Was I good. mean, like I liked it, but I will say the drum. I I didn't like the the that Matt wasn't facing us because I kind of like to watch the drums. Mm-hmm. Like while they're playing, and
1: I. Um. You know, I found myself wanting to watch Andrew Wells more. Like he looked like he was having a great time out there, and obviously, like. I wonder how many people that don't listen to the band and just saw, like, articles about them decided to, like, I don't know, pay $15 to watch it and then, you know, watch John Mess. Like, that, mu- <laughs> that must have been, like, really interesting.
0: It was only $15 for you?
1: <coughs> yeah. Well, it was, like, I got I did, like, the early bird thing, and I think it oh. added up to a total of $17.
0: Oh, yeah, mine was like 22 total, but oh, I mean, John Ness put on a show for sure. Um, and I mean, Andrew looked good, Will's Will was doing his thing. Um, you know, Tilly definitely got some body rolls in. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, in Jesus H. Macy, he
1: like was possessed by John, he started doing some like. Done, like, dance
3: moves,
1: not like the usual Italian stuff.
0: Also, yeah, um, what's up? Like, I don't know anything about Sacramento. Like, is that like a bridge that, like, is used regularly? Or is it just like, I don't know. Like, how are they able to close a bridge across a river like that to a concert?
1: <laughs> no, um... I, I feel like it, it it might be a regularly used bridge. Um, I think there there was like a bunch of planning that that uh had to that they had to go through, and like I said, they they reached out to um can't remember the name of the guy, but he's the guy that puts on the aftershock festival, which is like a huge festival that like metal festival that they do every year. Um, I feel like. Like Dance Gavin Dance has played it. Um, at least the last couple of years, uh, Deathtones are. I feel like they're always a headliner. Um, but yeah, I felt like they enlisted that guy to help them, and he already, I guess, has a pretty good relationship with, um, like the mayor and the city of Sacramento. So I think it really, like, they really kind of leaned on him to, to help make it happen. And that's kind of how it happened. And I think, like, they they were even talking, I think, to the mayor on the pre-show. And he said that, like, you know, obviously it wasn't easy to do. And even while it was closed down, he was getting, like, phone calls about, like, the bridge being closed. So, I don't know. People look <laughs> get the memo trying to get back home from work. and
0: Pulling a Chris Christie. Or something.
1: Yeah definitely interesting for sure though yeah i mean
0: that's a very cool concert for uh, yeah a very cool concert for like a band in our scene to be doing because i mean like doing big things man yeah i mean like if you go to shows you know some some of the places we play a pretty rinky dink and closing a whole bridge in a you know the capital of california it's kind of yeah I once saw
1: of. I once saw Will Swan at a skating rink when I went to go see uh uh a Skylit Drive there like back in the day. Like this was in San Jose and like one of our venues was like a legit like skating rink, um horrible PA system and shit. And to go from like <laughs> seeing that guy there to, you know, like shutting down a bridge. That's pretty crazy. Man. Yeah. Uh, like, hopefully, you know, like, they're on their way to be as big as, like, Queen of the Horizon.
0: That'd be pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that would be great, honestly. Play some English festivals. Play Coachella. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, shit. Wow.
1: <laughs> that'd be That'd be so crazy to, like, have dance and dance play Coachella and like I don't know. I it would almost be interesting to see like what like influencers and like so I guess quote unquote celebrities are are like you know dance, dance during during D set. Like oh my god, <laughs> Chucky vs the giant tortoise, my foot. <laughs> <God>. Cocaine
0: cringes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, (laughs) hashtag Coachella, hashtag young robot.
0: (laughs) I mean, has, like, Bring Me the Horizon played Coachella?
1: I don't think they have, Mm -hmm. but they've definitely played, like, huge, like, like, Latsonberry and, like...
0: uh, Which, that's, like, a little different, though, because, I mean, like, the English festivals aren't just playing, like, pop acts.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: And then, I mean, like... I almost saw brand new at ACL before it all went to shit, but so, I mean, like fans have gotten up there, but yeah, Uh, it's,
1: Oh, title fight played Coachella. Oh, they did. Yeah. That's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah. But also, like I said, like people have like way more diverse tastes and like influencers are pretty young. So who knows, but dance, Gavin dance is like, I think a whole step, further from title fights so yeah but I mean if anyone could do it I mean Dance Game Dance Bring Me the Horizon I mean maybe at one point a day to remember but I think that ship's probably well I think it sailed in our scene but I don't know I I don't know how normal people feel about a day to remember now
1: yeah we'll see
0: I mean base
1: players are pretty uh, replaceable I guess I don't
0: know yeah it's it is what it is but i mean but also like i don't know about you but personally i kind of like fucking hate coachella and i've never been but i just kind of hate the whole idea of it so oh
1: dude i would never go and like yeah, anything <laughs> anything outside of like warp tour i hate festivals like i don't like being around that many people and you know like hardly uh being able to see like the band that, that you want to see like like, I think that's more just to kind of be like, hey, take a selfie just to show everybody that you're there. But, um, you know, like, Warped Tour yeah. is like still very low-key compared to those kind of festivals. And um, there used to be this festival in, in Dallas called the So What Fest?
0: Yeah, Southwest So What.
1: Yeah, and, oh, man, that one was great. It was like a mini Warped Tour and, like, they they had all the best bands, like literally, I
0: always like, wanted to go, and I could never make it like for some reason, every time i like could i like wasn't able to go <laughs> yeah i
1: think I think the first year I went like d g d
0: played
1: a lot like birds, and Kurt Travis was was still there. I saw Kurt like walk around, like he is legend emery under a newfound glory, like literally all the like best bands from our scene like. Like played and it was dope. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Let's get into uh, recent listens and, and wrap up. Or do we talk about
0: a marionette? I didn't see the marionette oh, live stream, dude, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to watch it after the fact if I can.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping they'll they'll post it again. But yeah, shout out to a marionette man. They uh they honestly killed it. Like they sounded really good. The production was great and. Like they brought out Andres and did you know like like a bunch of songs with him, which was cool. It was definitely a, a good time, and you know, shout out to those guys because like they, I know that they're like hard workers and they've been in the scene for a while. And like I'm, I don't know, they put on a badass show for sure. Hopefully, I get to catch them live after all this is is done with. Live, live. Yeah, live, live.
3: <laughs> <laughs> they did
1: my favorite song, "Be Nasty," uh, which has a Andre's feature. So that was like the highlight for me. Right on. yeah
0: Definitely, definitely repost it so I can watch it.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I felt like there was other shit that happened that I'm forgetting to to talk about, but oh well. Um, I don't know. What have you been listening to recently?
0: Let's see. Well, like I said, I bought a new car and I christened it with a little uh, Outcast. for something which album? Uh...
1: Which album? Or, or
0: well, first album. song I played was B O B. But then after that, I was playing like some Equimini After that, great album. Yeah. Um, had some Drake this week, specifically from a uh, More Life. Um, uh, feel like More what? Life
1: was highly slept on.
0: It was, yeah, I it's good. Portland. It's got good stuff dude, on it.
1: Glow, like that glow song with um with Kanye and that song. Oh yeah. I feel like Portland was like one of the breakout singles. Which that song was great. Um but yeah, I know that that for me my like highly anticipated album for next year is a Certified Lover Boy by Drake. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, dude, Drake always puts out good stuff and it's like you
3: never
1: know where he's going to go, too. If it's going to yeah. be a collection of sounds or if, if he's going to go, you know, for, like, the more, like, sadder, melodic stuff. I, I hope we get another, um, if you're reading this, it's too late type of thing, where it's, like, more trap Drake. But with the title, like, Certified lover Boy, I think
0: we Yeah, I don't right. think so. <laughs> yeah. But then again, like, the it could topic. go all kinds of ways with drake like he could be it could definitely be like yeah more like trap for sure because i mean i don't know you just, just could
1: he be that so well
0: yeah um i was checking out this band who i saw on a facebook ad called more family band kind of remind me a little bit of um i guess weezer like ozma like that kind of like that pinkerton era like for some of their music they're all right Interesting. Uh, Um, I listened to a lot of us. I set my friends on fire this week. August Burns Red dropped that Chop Suey cover, which was. I feel like everyone covers Chop Suey, and I feel like none of them ever get quite as good as the original.
1: Yeah, like there's just something about like the two vocalists, like they sound very unique. Mm -hmm. Like that. That's part of. Quite so great.
0: Um, had some uh Devil Wears Prada, little old, little new. Um, listened to some of the some uh drugs. Too bad Ryan's not here to you know talk about them for thirty minutes. But that's oh okay.
1: yeah, you would have been so happy.
0: Drugs.
3: Craig Owens, my favorite. <laughs>
0: Oh, and then I was, I was hanging out with my friend, and we were watching like old music video, like not that old, but like you know, like early two thousand stuff. And so we kind of like went to this like Lady Gaga like um, wormhole or whatever, and I don't know. So I listened to a lot of Lady Gaga recently. I like
1: to li- pronounce it Lady Gaga. Gaga. Yeah, Lady Gaga.
0: It's um, I don't know. I kind of like that. I, I kind of remind me like that old pop sound from like the late two thousands. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like that, that. I kind of kind of like that Kesha sound. I guess. I mean. I was gonna. Dude, that's what I was gonna say. Kesha. Yeah. Which I don't know. I kinda, I, I always like that stuff. That was that was like a really cool, like fun sound. I'm like, I need to bring that back, but unfortunately, everyone's very sad right now.
1: Yeah, so. I felt like Lady Gaga was maybe a little bit too out there for me, but. There was definitely something about Kesha that, like, really caught my attention. Like, she didn't, like, you know, she just didn't give a fuck. Like, she was, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like, pretty raunchy and, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, her shit was catchy, though, and, like, I guess it was kind of, like, a projection of, like, what, like, even, like, artists within the scene were trying to do
0: like oh yeah for sure because like they're trying to go for that, that crap core well. yeah kind of was trying to get towards that yeah it's a that... cool sound but i don't know i'm just no one wants to party right now which i mean fair because it's pandemic but like no one's really went to party for a while but, yeah, but it was all yeah. fun music back then
1: yeah that's true hmm
0: well, that's pretty much it for me. I Haven't listened to too much music lately. What you got? Um. All right.
1: So first off, I need to shout out one of our listeners. Um, his name is David John Coffee. So sorry to put your full name on blast, but John Coffee. Yeah. Like, well, he hit me up, dude, and he showed me the sickest band that like I've like I don't even know how I haven't even heard of them before. Um. Their name's of The Lion and The Sloth, and they're from the Washington area. Um, he said that they're, like, pr- pretty much from, like, the same area that, that Fall of Troy's from. And they sound a lot like Fall of Troy. Like, I would say a Fall of Troy uh, with, like, a, I don't know, dash of, like, heavy, heavy, low, low, a little dash of DB, DBM1. And maybe, like, this band, Boys Night Out, which, if Ryan was here, he'd be stoked to hear. Like, it, yeah, it definitely sounds like people that were very influenced by the Fall of Troy, in, like, the best way possible. And they, like, they only have one EP, and it came out earlier this year. And I have no idea how, like, I don't know, like, none of us have heard of it. Like, I would think that, like, people in the Dance, and Dance Facebook group would be talking about this band, but I've never heard them mentioned once. So The Lion and The Sloth, uh, go check them out. I'm going to have to hit them up and, and try to get them on the podcast because, like I said, they're like very new. They just have one EP that came out this year, and it's really good. Um, ben Rosette dropped a new song with um, the bass player of this rock band called Piglet. Um, the name of the song is uh, Zebra Axis, and it's, like, really good. Um, it's kind of a little more hard-hitting than, like, what you're used to from from Ben. Uh, definitely worth checking out. Um, other than that, like, I don't know. I've been on this kind of, like, alternative r kind of, like, smooth jazz uh like new wave kind of uh vibe just like really mellow vibey stuff and i found like
0: oh man you're getting a bossa nova aren't you
1: no not really bossa nova but um just playing you know just like easy listening like mellow stuff like maybe like the kind of stuff that you would hear on like NPR's like tiny desk concerts oh yeah
0: i feel that. yeah um
1: like, this one duo called Hotel Ugly, like, they're fairly new. I think they only have maybe, like, four or five singles that they've dropped this year. And, like, you know, they're they're brand new. Um, this artist called Silphie Marks, this other guy named Huck, like, all of them are doing, like, really cool, mellow-sounding stuff. Um and honestly, yeah, I haven't been listening to, to that many new stuff, um, and yeah, that's pretty much it for me. I, like, I've been listening to that band, The um, the Lion and the Sloth, like, over and over again. Like, it might be my favorite thing to come out this year, but I didn't put it in any of my, like, top albums or top singles or EP's of the year, because I literally found out about them maybe, like, two weeks ago.
0: Well, Ryan and David, do you all have anything? Okay.
3: Uh,
1: all right. Some Craig Owens uh, side project, Bad Channels. There yeah, we go.
0: Lincoln Park. <laughs> and,
1: well, a lot like birds. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, that's the podcast, man.
0: That's it. We did it.
1: Where can they find you?
0: Uh you can find me at uh Cash Toolman Spicer on Twitter and the Cashling Spicer on Instagram. Um what about you, Moses?
1: I'm through being Mo on Instagram and I think Shadow X on Twitter. Hit me up. Thank you for listening.
0: Thanks. Happy holidays. Damn, stuff. too bad Ryan wasn't here. We don't get to have a birthday episode together.
1: Oh yeah. Shout out to uh, Ryan, it was his birthday.
0: Yeah. Last
1: week, I believe. Everybody go stream that new Stay Still track that I dropped. Yeah. Get
0: some money in that boy's pocket. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Alright, peace out, everybody. Later. Later.